Hi, and welcome to the Silverline Podcast, an audio version pulled from the video stream we do a couple of times a week. My name is Roland Mann, and I'm the head honcho at Silverline, where we have a great time making fun comics that we think you'll enjoy. This episode is titled, How Movies Influence Our Craft. It originally aired July 1st, 2020. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Silverline Live, Wednesday night. Uh, we are live with the new host, uh, Scott Wakefield. Uh, things have changed, and Sydney had to uh, uh, drop out for the uh, foreseeable future, but Scott is uh, now taking over as our bearded leader. Hello! All right, start one. over. Wait, okay. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It is Silverline's Wednesday Wham! Wham! with an exclamation mark. We are here to discuss all things comic books, but our topic for tonight is how movies influence our craft and how they influence comic book making. And we have a group of illustrious experts here to discuss how movies do affect them while they are... Oh, I signed into the wrong cast then. Experts. And (laughs) <laughs> I, I I was I was trying to sign into the novelist uh, the, podcast. <laughs> I was signing into the mediocre. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. And we uh we will get right into introductions. And I, I asked them uh, to think of a movie that they just as a way to get to know everybody here. Um, they're going to tell us who they are and, and how they are involved with Silverline. But then they're going to tell us one of their favorite movies and why. It doesn't have to be the favorite movie, as if anybody really has a favorite movie. But one of their favorites and why. And a movie they hated and why. And my lineup here, I'm going to start right with Tim. You are first in line. Hello, I am uh, Tim TK. I am the producer for Wednesday Night Wham, as well as the associate editor at Silverline. I help work on the website stuff, including our craft blog series. Uh, I'm also editing a title and writing a title, which I think we can announce now. Um, but uh, I have a favorite. I do have a favorite movie because I see maybe two movies a year. Um, and that is Redline the animated movie, which is just insane. It's um uh, I don't know how to describe it besides uh super powered cars, bounty hunters, death race in a pseudo fascist technopunk planet. It's great. <laughs> also <laughs> uh neo funk background tracks. Um, it's all sorts of weird and wacky thrown together, but the overarching plot line is very human. It's uh, a love story, uh, as well as a kind of, uh, a dream come true self-realization story, all wrapped up in all this wackiness put together, but it's this very core human, um, emotional experience. Uh, most disliked or hated movie is Meet the Spartans. Which was just atrocious. <laughs> As someone who enjoyed the 300 comic, that was a nightmare. And that was a sp- that was a spoof on that, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, it was probably a spoof on the movie. It was, a, it was oh, yeah. yeah, it was a uh, yeah. Huh. All right. Is that it? That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> right? 
Thank you, Tim. And next on my uh, screen here, I got Mr. Thomas Floramonti. Yeah, uh, um, I am a comic book creator. I've been around from the early 90s. I've worked for pretty much uh, everybody at one point or the other. Uh, I am the, uh, currently I'm inking for Silver Line, a book called uh, Trump's based off the card game. Um, well, it's not, it's sort of based off the guys. We've got a, the cards are in it, that kind of thing. That's how it's based off the card game. Anyway, you guys will see it more and more as we, <laughs> as we get September is when it's going to be released. But anyway, um, I'm co-owner of the company called uh, Kablam Digital Printing. We print a pretty much uh, lots and lots of books for everybody. But uh, my favorite movies or movie is it, it's 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 on my hat. I love the Star Wars movies. I just love them all since I was little. Um, uh, which one? Uh, you know, I like them all. Of course, I like the New Hope. Um, but uh, uh, you know, Empire is good. I like I like all of them. It's just I've, I'm a big Star Wars uh, crazy person. I'm really easy to get for for Christmas. Just in case if anybody out there wants to buy me something, just buy me something Star Wars. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, I like Star Wars stuff. Uh, but I, I love the Star Wars movies now. On the flip side of it, some of the my worst movies is the first three Star Warses. They're not that great, <laughs> but um, but I still love them. So I don't know. I wa I'll watch anything. So you know, um, like uh, I'm a big zombie kind of fan. So any of the cheesiest zombie movies, I'll sit and watch them. Um, but uh, as far as that goes, uh, I, I don't dislike anything. I'll, I'll watch anything. I'll sit all, I'll pay my money. I'll sit there through the whole movie and just go, man, I just wasted two hours of my life and 10 bucks. And, but at least I got some popcorn, right, right. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so Star Wars, there right. you go. And yep. I, I, I think with Star Wars, it's like when you love Star Wars, you love something so much, the expectation is so much higher. So for those first, for one, two, and three, I, you know, yeah. the first three for me, I mean, I guess we'll get into talking about all the stuff a little later. It was just that it was too, too busy. Too yeah. busy body yep. going on with stuff that we didn't hear anything about. I mean, it looked neat, but it was just too much dumb junk that we nobody <laughs> cared anything about. After but, I watched uh, Stars Episode 6, my dad got me into the novels, and Star Wars existed in them books for me from then on. The movies have been oh, wow. trailers. Yeah, oh, I, I, I'm sure we'll talk about all this stuff in a yeah. little bit, but I've got yeah. my, my, my reasons why I think people like the certain parts of the Star Wars movies. It depends on when you grew up and when you watched them. Yeah. Little kids like those set and this set and the new kids like the current set which you know but anyway there we go i'll shut up now thank you tommy <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> next i've got alex he is uh penciling there on on what i see you want to say hello tell us what you're doing uh yes i am penciling a uh, page for cat and mouse my name is alex gallimore and uh i guess a movie i'll start with the movie i hate uh movie I hate or dislike is the uh the theatrical cut of Justice League that came out a couple of years ago. <laughs> um that movie I felt like I wasted money on for sure. Which movie? Uh Justice League. Oh yeah. That one. Um a movie I love is the uh the most current Mission Impossible movie. I've probably seen it a couple times now. Nice. Um it's just the the shots in that movie are just amazing. Wow. the great. Henry Cavill reloading his biceps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He pounds his chest. Yes. 
All set, Alex? Yes, that's thank that's, you. That's all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Brent, you are up next. Right. Um, I agree with you. There are I, I hesitate to say I have a favorite movie because I'll make all the other movies jealous. But I actually see a <laughs> lot of movies. In fact, uh, I had the Regal Unlimited pass, and I would go as much as my schedule allowed. I just love the movies. And uh, but I also wanted to pick something that wasn't as obvious because uh, you know everyone's seen Gladiator, everybody's seen the Avengers. I saw the Avengers five times in a theater. I think yes. probably my biggest most attended film but um i i choose for my favorite film the movie uh, unbreakable which i loved for several reasons but uh thematically um it being the story of a of a man who's trying to find his purpose um i uh was at a point in my life when i really kind of felt that intimately and um for that reason, it really just kind of broke me. And uh, the best movies do that, I think. Even if it's trying to tell me something I don't believe, I still appreciate it being about something. Um, I hate movies that are about nothing, which leads to my um, most, one of my most hated films. I wanted to do Batman versus Superman, but it just seemed so obvious. Um, <laughs> instead, I'm going to go with a film that actually some people really like. It's called Old School. No. With Jack Black? Uh, nope. It oh, that's School of Rock. That's, well, that's School of Rock, which was pretty good. Yeah, School of Rock <laughs> was pretty good. School of Rock was good. Old School was about good. a bunch of guys who were post-college and lamenting their lives, and they decided to start a fraternity. Oh, they, yeah, I remember that one. It's, it, you know, it sounds like a good premise, but basically... <laughs> <laughs> it, I was all set up to see this kind of, um, I you know, I love raucous comedy type stuff, but the best comedies really have something to say. And what I thought they were going to talk about was how men have a tendency to want to look back on their lives and go back to the simpler times. But when they really embrace the life they have now that they can really start to move forward as people. And they were like, yeah, no, that's dumb. Let's just throw some boobs at people. And then um, basically just have them like utter jackasses and it's okay. I just remember being so disappointed. I was like, you guys had such an opportunity to say something interesting. And, and basically what you said was nothing. So, so sad. So I'll never see that one again. Right. I might turn on Batman versus Superman just because I want to. <laughs> see superman get hit with a car again but yeah <laughs> old school really has nothing for me martha <laughs> thank, you, thank you for that uh and brent you didn't you didn't tell us who you are and what you're doing uh oh yes, yes, yes and doing actually i'm nobody i'm just crashing this hey mom no <laughs> my name is brent larson i am the creator you found the leader. link and just joined yeah, yeah. i uh <laughs> i created and wrote the book Kalis which I am excited to say issue three is very close to being done. So, oh yeah. Right. Thank you, sir. All right. And then next in my line, I've got C. Michael Lanning. Go ahead. All right. I'm C. Michael Lanning. I'm a pencilist for Silver Lightning. Currently working on a character design for a new miniseries. Um, this, this took all day for me to think about it. But 
Uh, I would say I don't know if anybody remembers like from the nineties, but uh, Dark uh, City. Uh, see, Michael, you're you're kind of sounding like a robot. Hey, can you hear me now? Uh, try again. How's that? There we go. Can you hear me? All right. Uh, it's a little better. A little bit. Uh, movie that I liked was uh, Dark City, which was kind of a kind of it was more type of movie, but it was. Uh, it was by the same person that did the crow, and it had like the way that they use the the darks and the lights and everything, kind of the filmography, and it was really impressive to me. And even the story, it was uh, kind of like an alien race that was uh, experimenting with a set of people, and they would change their memories at night, so they would be somebody different the next morning, and it would kind of determine them. But there was one guy that was somehow resistant to it. Uh, it's an old mid nineties movie. Um, and then I and then one movie that I hate that probably caused some controversy is uh, Wizard of Oz. Oh, uh, no. I, <laughs> I cannot stand the Wizard of Oz, uh, especially after I read the books. And I'm somebody that grew up with Return to Oz, so that was more that was closer to the books for me than Wizard of Oz was. I cannot stand the Green Witch. That just that bugs me to this day. So, um, right. That's what I got. <laughs> and uh, next, I'll I'll introduce Dan. This is Dan's first uh, time on the Silverline stream. Dan is my uh, uh, partner with uh, a magazine I do, and uh, he's also coloring and lettering Steam Patriots. And I'll say, take it away, Dan. Yeah. Um, just so I give a little. Three file, or uh, yeah. I worked at uh, Marvel as an assistant editor in the mid '90s, and uh, just kind of been around comics. I loved comics from when I was a kid, and just was always part of it. And then I kind of, once I worked at Marvel for a little bit, I actually fell out of comics, but I always wanted to make them. So, I think in like twenty, I think it was 2014, 2015, I self-published three issues of a comic called File Thirteen. Um, still want to do stuff, which is why I was happy when Scott asked me to be part of the projects he's on and to kind of come up with other ideas and pitch things around. So I'm always, I always love to create. I have a thousand ideas, so it's nice to have an avenue to kind of channel them through and try and get them out there. As far as movie, I love um, definitely Empire Strikes Back. I think it's my favorite. Um, I think it was the first movie I ever saw where the good guys got killed. And it let me see that the good guys could be very, very badly and it could still be a great movie and even a better movie than when they win because I think that's important to the development of characters is that they struggle to get to where they need to be. And for a movie I hate, um, probably The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan. It's just a movie like, I know I've heard people say like it's bad because he wanted it to be bad, kind of be an homage to like all the bad movies, but there's like other movies that do that well, like uh, I think Edward does. It kind of picks up on like the cues and like the visual kind of feel of the bad movies that Edward made without being a bad movie. I think it's a really good movie, but it kind of has a weird, kind of tilted, not so great look to it. But it's done on purpose. Whereas The Happening, I think, was just just a really bad movie. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree that that. I, <laughs> That was on my list. I thought maybe I'd talk about that one, but sorry if I stole that from you, Scott. Uh, that's okay. That's all right. I agreed. That's a horrible movie. Uh, and and that, 
Oh, as I say, and tonight I'll be reading the chat and uh, responding to all of you uh, on the Silverline pages. Uh, this one is for C. Michael. Um, Christina Lynn on YouTube says, Eric Weathers has a comic on Indiegogo called Battle Brick Road. It's like a sci-fi Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a couple times where they'll do something different with it. I don't mind. I think there was like a, a sci-fi show called Tin Man years, yeah. uh, years ago. And kind of like Tin Man was a term for a sheriff or something like that. I didn't really see it. It was okay. But I'm, I'm such a, a Wizard of Oz person. I'm such an Oz, Frank L. Baum and all that. So, uh, or L. Frank Baum. But it's very, I guess I'm a traditionalist in that sense. Sure. Uh, uh, Scotty Young and Marvel actually did a really neat comic series on it. And they kind of captured that that look that he was going for. So that kind of, I kind of geared towards that traditional sense of him. So. Okay. And Alex, Rab- makes sense. <laughs> Alex Sarabia on Facebook asks, does anybody like horror movies or is it just me? And I, uh, yes. 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 Yeah. yeah I, Absolutely. I tend to, I, I found that I like when they're like a PG 13 horror movie. A little silly on the silly side. No, no, no. More on the cerebral. Less, less visual gore. You know. Yeah. Like, I, I like to think about it. I like to not see the the villain or, or the the like the like terror. a like a good psychological thriller. I like exactly. that. Although I do exactly. uh, if if it's not like not like a triple A style like uh, slasher film, but if it's like old school slaughterhouse indie like uh, Belko Experiment, something yeah. like that where it's just. Hey, I got like okay. We got twelve guys on cast and five thousand dollars and one yeah, room. How do we, we kill make, them all? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyone else on the horror horror? Not no, my, yeah. It's not my thing. I, I don't know. It's never never has been. I don't go out of my way to see them. I don't go out of my way not to see them. But it's um, it's just never been. Except for like Alien. I love Alien. The first Alien mm, movie. Yeah. Maybe like sci-fi horror is something I'm more into than. Like the straight up slasher kind of stuff, you know. I don't. It's never. I don't know. It's just never appealed to me. Sure. Uh, I, I love I all like horror movies. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Brent. Wait. Oh, um, yeah, I love them. I um, The Shining is one of my all time favorites. The Conjuring was yes. Yes. great. Um, I actually saw a film. It's hard for me to recommend because there's some rough content in it, but it's not a slasher film. It's Midsommar. came out last year. Mm. The director's name is Ari Aster. A year or two before that, he did a movie called Hereditary. And they are some of the psychologically creepiest films I've ever seen. And uh, they are incredibly well put together. And uh, they had something to say too, which, like I said earlier, is something that's important to me but um yeah i've had friends say i can't unsee that movie thanks a lot Brent. <laughs> apologize and and we move on but um yeah yeah i love it all plus i just i love the ring i love the grudge was not a good movie and yet i just couldn't help but enjoy it you know all that kind of sure stuff so yeah it's all there so I didn't introduce myself. I'm Scott Wakefield. I think I said that, but I am writing. I'm a co-creator and co-writer with my buddy Rory Boyle of Steam Patriots, which will be coming out sometime soon from Silverline, which Dan is um, 
coloring and lettering. The art is from David Mims. And I'm also helping with publicity for Silverline. So as our next projects come out, uh, I will be uh, helping to get the word out with those. Uh, Movie-wise, for me, um, there's a movie that I love and I rewatch every couple of years uh, called Children of Men. Did anybody? Oh, yes, yes. Awesome. Great movie. Real, real sleeper. At least I didn't hear anything about it. I found it on DVD, and um, I love stories of the, the hero against against all all odds. I, I love those, um, and I thought the the cinematography, the filming, the long shots just kept the the, the tension going. That there's a like a twelve or thirteen minute uh, one shot at the end where they're going through a, a blown out kind of apartment building oh. and the military is coming, coming in or the, the police and there's a tank and it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And it, and the first time I saw it, I, I didn't know the first time I saw it, that it was, that it was, there was no cut until I, you know, saw it again, but I, there was, I, the, the tension was there. I could, I could feel it. And that's, that's great filmmaking. I was drawn in and I was, I was my, you know, clenched and, and 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 something needed uh it needed to relieve the tension so I've, I've enjoyed that movie a lot great great acting uh a, a bleak landscape to match the the, the world of of uh of the story world so that's that's one of my favorites and then I, I am a nitpicker with movies so there are so many that are probably okay movies but they uh um so the happening, yes, but um, uh, to stick with the, the comic book theme, um, Fantastic Four two with the Silver Surfer. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> it was they, they they should have called it the Four Stooges because it was just it was like <laughs> how can we make it silly when they when they, when Mister Fantastic has all their powers and he and well he's at a, he's at a nightclub doing his his thing his stretchy thing and just so dumb. It, I, I, I almost unwatchable. I, uh, and it's one that I liked the first one. The first one was slow, but I thought, Oh, it's a good character building story building beginning to the fantastic four story for the movies. And then number two came along and it, it, it I was done. I wanted the, I wanted my money back. I, I did watch it to the end. Uh, but that one was a real, yeah. Uh, we got Oven on the uh, comments. He says, uh, "What Silverline book do you feel if they were adapted into a film? Uh, would be better as a TV series or movie trilogy?" Um, he says he thinks Kalos would be an amazing TV series, for example. Um, it has a lot of things he'd like to have, sort of that long, uh, sort of space of time to delve into. Oh yeah, and, and I agree. Uh, Kalos as a TV series would be fantastic. I think, yes. I think it's got a great TV protagonist. It's got the the feel that 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 the they, they could do a great job with with episodic yeah. stories of Kalis. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, frankly, I don't know how you would do it in a movie. Um, right. It's. Uh, I mean, I have stuff lined up and. Um, in my mind for the next few years that 
the idea of doing it, of truncating the story is almost physically painful to me. I don't yeah. want to have to consider the idea of doing that. It, it's yeah. a, it's an older t- title that we're uh, re-releasing, I believe, um, called Cray. I think that would be a good movie because it is set up just for that um, like two hours of sort of this is the story, this is the action set up for maybe something in the future, but it's... Uh, I think it'd be kind of the it, it's it's kind of like our take on Conan. I, I'd be I enjoy that as a movie. It'd be a good Netflix movie. Yeah, you'd be able to make it um, with not a huge budget, um, but it would be able to get a push from Netflix. And it would be yeah, yeah, I I love the the long format now. And I think I feel like that's the future of movies. Maybe not all of them, you know, to have that cinema experience is great, but um, to be able to tell the story, not in two hours or even a trilogy, but over multiple seasons, I I love the potential. Um, Recently, they uh, Netflix redid a series of unfortunate events. Um, What? The Lemony Snicket books from yeah, 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 yeah. almost 20 years ago. Uh, Tommy, I think you got some background noise. And the, uh, the, the, the Jim Carrey movie came out quite a while ago, and they, they mashed three books together and made it a two-hour movie, and it, it didn't do it justice. But, the, um, but, but Netflix did 13 books in 25 episodes, and it was, it was great. It was great, and, and I loved the books. And like my kids read the books, and then we all watched the the Netflix series. And it it was they they changed a little to make it fit the the you know the the visual format, but uh, they did a great job. And I love that. I love the potential because now I can I, I'm I'm reading stories or I, I see a, a comic book or a novel, and I think they could turn this into a great series. Yeah. So I like I love the potential for that certain ideas I think just lend themselves better to like, um, I think a great example is the, I know some people love the Highlander movies. I'm not a huge fan of the Highlander <laughs> movie, but I, I did like the TV series because yes. I think it lends itself better to the idea of someone that's been alive for 500 years and all the different things he's yes, done. Yes, yeah. Flashbacks, you can kind of explore that a lot deeper than you could in a two-hour movie. Hmm. I like the first one. <laughs> I enjoyed the, kind of... Yeah, uh, and also they did a animated Highlander movie, which I enjoyed. Wow, was that the one that was in the future? I never saw that. Yes, well, not, uh, yeah. it got modern dayish in your future. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So classic eighties. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I, my video keeps dropping out. It's just I, I think I can't do anything else while I'm doing this because I keep. I was. I went uh, to. Go, I went to go look at something, and then I was like, everything crashed and went away on me. So I just won't do anything else except this while. Okay. Until I can figure out what's going on. You might be moving too fast, too, Dan. Slow down. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just got to slow it down. Uh, so um, I, I had some some questions, some topics to keep us rolling, and. Um, one of my first questions was: do, do you guys have any styles? Some movie styles that influence you when when uh for the writers for for plotting and and visual you know as we write and visualize it and then for the artists to draw from uh 
when I say styles, I mean like you, there are the obvious ones, like uh, all the Wes Anderson movies have bright colors and they're, I don't know if they all are, or at least most of them, they're, they're 90 degrees, you know, they're, they're perpendicular almost every shot. And there's a lot of side scrolling and uh, panning up and down um, and that sort of thing. So is there a movie style that you, that you're drawn to, that you like to, to use? And does that question make sense? Yeah, I, I, I can go, I can start off that if people are thinking, but yeah. um, uh, I, my natural thought is always to pop into something like um, Blade Runner, where it's kind of a, a lot of mid shots with a lot of detail and a lot of world in it. Um, yeah. uh, lots of kind of pointing to lighting or time of day and how that would play on a character and where they'd be presented. Um. Or if I'm popping into some an action scene really quick, I might think of something like The Raid or It Man or some sort of kung fu movie or um, just a movie with very kinetic details where it's you're just you really wanting to demonstrate the kinetic power of each blow. I like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I when I first started out, I always thought I was going to be a comic artist. I loved drawing as a kid. I drew, drew, drew all the way up through college. And then I fell into editorial at Marvel. But in college, I took an intro to film course and I never really thought about framing shots and framing things interestingly. And then they, they talked about Citizen Kane and just the framing of that and like how every shot of Kane or almost every shot of Kane is like shot up so he looks powerful. And when he's talking to other people that are always shot down on so they look weak and small. And like there's actually parts where they ripped floorboards up so they could get the camera <laughs> as low as possible. So it was such an extreme upshot of Kane so he always looked imposing and powerful and that like kind of really it, it, like really influenced the idea of like what you can do visually just to, to display power without without even someone throwing a punch you know and if, if it's a superhero comic it's just the angle and what you're doing with the angles that can really convey power or weakness or sadness or happiness that was that was pretty eye-opening just from that standpoint for me Has anyone seen 1917? Not yet. Um, it's on my to watch list. I loved it. I yeah. I absolutely loved it, and it, I think it's now top top ten, top five war movies for me. And the way that there was so much uh, close up, there were the close ups of of the hero, wow. the two 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 of them, their faces, and there's so much told in his expressions and his uh the ups and downs and the urgency of the whole the whole movie is is urgent and uh i think that's fantastic and um i've i've been thinking about that the the facial expressions and it as a writer i can't i can't do that because i can't draw but i can you know i uh impart that to my to artists and say, yet yeah, we want that immediacy, that that uh, intimacy of of what their expressions are saying. So I I love that movie. I I, I want to watch it two, three, four, five more times because I think it's, it's fantastic uh, cinematography um, all the way through, all the way through. You are a fan of the long shot, aren't you? I, I am. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It it draws me in. It 
but old movies drive me nuts when they have <laughs> when it's a close up of the face and someone's just going no they're, they're <laughs> sweaty and upset for a really long time i don't know that that doesn't that doesn't get me <laughs> um. darn you <laughs> my wife and i watched the movie last night uh with um that uh, it's just really really neat the way it was shot it's got uh i'm just looking it up right now on the scene when it came out it's uh it's got the what's his name thor guy in it chris helmsworth ah. uh, it's called extraction have you guys seen this it yeah, was on, my wife uh, and i just saw that a couple weeks that was you know it was just silly but Golly, it was really cool. Some of the scenes that were in this movie, I was while watching it, I was like, "Man, that'd be really cool to try to draw some of those scenes mm. in the movie." How the camera just followed them, you know. You were thinking how you were talking about the, the camera shots and stuff, and it was like that's that would be a neat movie to try to 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 try to swipe some of the the action. You're, there was a scene where he was a uh, they fell off of a building and the camera followed him as he fell and then the camera started running and it's like you know as he was rolling across the ground and you're like how did the camera guy do that where he fell off the building and he and then he went into a car and all that kind of stuff is that it's like was that a drone shot or that kind of thing but those kind of kind of movies really uh get me going when i'm trying to you know come up with scenes and stuff mm. Mm. so tommy yeah thank you for saying that because um from the from the artist side and I, I say artist meaning the the visual side i don't know if any of the, the the visual folks have more to to chime in about about what sort of what sort of style framing yeah. uh, angles uh the old uh the batman movie i don't know if the tv show did it i probably did but the batman movie the 1967 adam west whenever the villains were on screen the camera angles are all crooked <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah because they were all crooked. <laughs> uh, one, one thing that always stayed with me was an uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie called Rope. Oh, yes. Where you, and you kind of see that it's a swing door. Yes. You, see, you know, they're kind of hiding it from Jimmy Stewart, and he opens the door when the door swings yep. one way, and he swings the other way. You see him holding the rope, yep. and he closes it, and... I love the pacing of this shot for some reason. It just is affecting me so much that it, to this day I can see it very vividly, and that 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 kind of helps my kind of looking at panels that way. Yeah, how would I want to try to approach that type of feel in a in a you know well kind of a a static medium as it were you know not not really moving but you know probably thinking like you know three panels back to back something yes. like that that's constantly is always there. Excellent, um, Excellent reference. It that's that is one of my favorite movies too and again with the long shot has anyone has anyone seen have you seen rope not if you've seen it because that's such a great movie and it's filmed in just really just a couple camera angles through the whole thing it's jimmy stewart and these students have committed a murder and the body is in a trunk in the foreground of the movie the whole time almost the whole time and so there's a shot that uh, c michael was saying the camera sees into the kitchen before all the guests arrive for this dinner party where he drops the open. But then there's another scene they, where uh, they've stacked up. Um, they put all the, the, the food and the, in the, the plates and stuff on that trunk. And uh, two people are talking and they're just kind of 
just chatting and the camera is set you see the trunk and you see their maid uh taking the plates off and into the kitchen and the door is going swinging back and forth and she's then she's bringing books that are supposed to go into the trunk and she's just plunking them down next to the trunk and she goes back and plunks them down next to the trunk and it just builds and builds and builds and builds because you're thinking she's about to open that trunk and that's something that you visually it's is just a seamless that way what's that how he connected the scenes it's just a seamless way how he connected the scenes because it kind of pays to one item and you follow that item yep. and it opens up into some like, totally different scene by just fo- kind of following that item and it was it was very play-like yes but he, yes. It, the way he captured it was so well it was just that it's astounding really i can't really say anything else about it one of my favorite Hitchcock movies, one of my favorite movies. And it's it's not a it's not a Hitchcock movie that comes up a lot. I mean, people talk about Rear Window and North by Northwest and you know a psycho, of course. But Rope or, or, or Rear Window yeah, did I say Rear Window? Yeah, Rear Window is a great one too. But Rope, when I when I talk to cinephiles about movies, um, few people have seen Rope. So I, I recommend that one as a style-wise too and, and pacing. It's so good. It's so, and it's just a simple, it's so simple. It's just, it's one set. Um, well, like, um, it's not a Hitchcock movie, but 12 Angry Men. It's yeah. Old, oh. Where it's just 12 guys in a jury deliberation room. And again, the camera is, it's on each individual person. And it's such great acting and so much tension in that one scene. It's a, it's, it's, it's really astounding. I love it. You know, uh, something uh, we are talking about the visual as an artist or uh, compared to a writer, uh, something I'm always, whenever I'm watching any movies, just the way they, uh, or a TV show, the way they move the camera and the cinematography or whatnot. Like, and the reason I do like the Mission Impossible movies just because the, not only is the story and the plot, you know, I think it's the best in the series so far, but uh, also just the shots they chose, like, when they're building attention where he's on the motorcycle and they're racing through the city uh, and, you know, he's going through all these columns and you can just hear the wind whistling as he's passing each column and, and you're just getting tighter and tighter down this, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And there's just all these different types of shots as the camera's following them and, and trying to, to, you know, play one way and, and kind of trick you out. Um, but also another like a TV show that I that I recently I just remembered uh, liking a lot of shots they shows was uh, Better Call Saul. Just the mm. uh, a lot of the character kind of moments whenever they're revealing something or just following character I I, I found to really like the shots they would choose like but like in between columns of like uh, the opening the buildings and whatnot. So for the the visual for the the visual artists, do you do you borrow that? Do you do you take from that and and use it and adapt it? For uh, uh, sure. Uh, I I don't know if I do it uh, like directly. It might just be subconsciously, but uh, just something I notice a lot whenever I'm watching a movie um, or even just reading a comic. Like, go, oh, I like how they how they how they made that shot worker you know it's uh I'm trying to think of his name but like alex toast he would 
he would a lot like use a lot of foreground elements to kind of use a panel like build a panel and either the negative space would be the the part that's uh, important so maybe that's where i see a lot of that from i did a book called uh, uh zomboy it's one of my uh one of my kid hero cartoony books and i uh, this was early this was in the 90s when i when i wrote it but i completely you're talking about stealing scenes or whatever i stole a scene completely i could of course i cartooned it and made it more kid friendly and stuff but uh, in the arnold schwarzenegger movie uh racer i think it was there was a scene where they were in a uh some sort of uh, an aquarium place that had some sharks and stuff so i basically took that whole scene and made it penguins instead of sharks and they shot the windows out and i took the same you know i froze it on the tv and and sketched the same scene as the sharks were falling out of the glass but i made penguins falling out and uh and i completely just swiped that that whole sequence of the stuff so you know it, and it was fun some people when they read it they go oh that's from that's from yeah from that book that was really and i was like yeah that's what i was trying that was kind of fun so you know so you can you know, I changed it all up, but they, it, it, I drew it enough where they knew where it was, where it came from. I think I may have used some of the same dialogue just to make it silly, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's fun people, to do that kind of stuff. People like that. It's like the inside jokes, like Scott yeah. and I were talking about on uh, like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yeah, yeah. Now and then, there's something that's really, really deep, and it's like you really appreciate when you know you're like one of the few people that get that joke that that they made so it's like i think when you're reading a book where somebody has put an easter egg into it and you get it it's it's, it's you like you appreciate it that much more yeah. yeah i think i did like two or three i think it was two or three pages worth of it you know it was it went yeah. on for a little bit to try to get the whole sequence in but uh, it was fun it was fun to do who was it picasso that said artist steel so I guess you kind of take it to heart, but you know, you, you see something and it, it becomes part of you one way or another, whether you do it consciously or subconsciously. So, I mean, uh, you know, taking an angle or, or even a shot yeah. like the foreground or whatever, I don't, I really don't see any problem with it as long as it gets the story done. I mean, I guess people, you know, they, there's always a complaint that, oh, you're not, coming in off the top of your head, but no artist creates in a vacuum. Everything comes from somewhere. So well, I mean you got you got your guys throwing punches and stuff. I mean I'm gonna you know, I mean how many how many punches can you throw that you go, ah, oh, I think I've seen that's a new way to throw a punch. I don't think yeah. I've seen that before. <laughs> or or you know, I you know jumped from a from the top of a building to the ground or whatever. I don't think uh, that's, that's a new way to do that. I don't think you rolled that. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's. it's, it's like, stole that from Stallone. I've seen it before. Yeah, I've seen that before. You stole that. <laughs> that's why, is that why Star Trek came up with the, the two handed punch. That's that right. That's right. So you can get something, <laughs> yes. that's something different. <laughs> no one punches like this in the 20th century. No, that was brand new. You came up with that punch. <laughs> Or the pose. I mean, how many times have you seen somebody where they're just standing there like this? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like we, we all draw that. <laughs> so, so uh, I'm going. I'm doing my questions out of order, guys. Forgive me. Don't. Oh no. Don't, I don't. I don't want to mutiny. Uh, but I think this uh, segue is good. 
goodly into what elements of movies don't transfer into uh, comic books into th that style of storytelling. Are there are there things that were movies are limited and comics are limited? So what doesn't transfer over? You're meaning like uh, like we're saying like the adventure kind of action stuff is good, but so what stuff is no? I mean like good? no like like dialogue like uh, explosions or you know one, uh, thing, one thing that definitely can translate I think is like a voice. Like mm -hmm. a lot of times I'll watch a cartoon or like I'm watching the Venture Brothers, like half of what's funny about something is the way a character talks. And there's yes. no way to convey that in a comic book, to convey like a funny voice or a weird voice or anything like that. Or this voice is supposed to be stuttery, kind yeah. of like yeah. 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 right. Like some of those things are just the dialogues so hard to get across in a comic. So I think that's one place where a comic is inferior to a film or any sort of visual medium that that's like motion yeah the, <laughs> the, the, the closest you can come to that is kind of trying to emulate uh, enunciation you get using so, a different font maybe you get you some you get, you get, font you get some like x-men x-men or gambit runs where you have like the apostrophes in the right place and other times <laughs> you have no idea what he's saying that's <laughs> <laughs> hmm. sure that's an accent a hard uh, i mean you can get them across but Chris Claremont did it all the time in like New Mutant or yeah, like, yeah. like just trying to like get someone's <laughs> accent across and written dialogue is kind of hard sometimes too. But I think what I think you've said previous ones you've talked about the thought balloon and I think that's a place where comic books could be superior to films and that you can have an internal dialogue and not have it come off. For me it never came off hokey. I always loved it because I mm. I, I have a running dialogue in my head all the time when I'm talking, or even when I am talking to people, there's always like thoughts going on in my head. And I think it's in a comic, how you can get inside someone's head like that. It's kind of unique to comics. And that's one way I think that they, they differ in our, and can be superior to. And uh, that's why I also like that, uh, the new Spider-Verse movie that came out, uh, yes. the animated ones, because they actually implemented that in there and, and it just worked so well yeah. in the movie. It was, that was that was a phenomenal movie visually and like, yeah. everything about it was so good yeah yeah that that that's I on my list operated the art i'm i'm, I'm changing it star wars is out now the the, the spider-man movie that's <laughs> a, uh, yeah. i've changed i've changed it now as your new favorite yeah it's my new favorite the, spider verse that was man, really good yeah we've watched Spider Man. Uh, peter parker actually i mean i know it wasn't about that <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't so much about Peter Parker, the uh, the other guy, but uh, Peter Parker was great in that. It was okay. actually, that was actually Spider Man, Spider Man. That was really, really good. Yeah, that I was. We we're going to talk about that later about what movies have translated or have been made in form well and poorly. So we can we can yak about that later. Is there any other elements that? Uh, yeah, Dan Dan mentioned that pacing, that having a voice that's either silly or or ominous. Other than like making them the the, the font squiggly, the fonts, different fonts, oh, yeah. wiggly, yeah, special effects and stuff. It, it it's never sometimes it comes off. Yeah, it doesn't come across sometimes. Yeah, but, it's, it's too. It's so hard. Like especially if that's like the main trait, yeah. or not even a main trait, but just like something that's humorous. About like I don't know if you guys watch the Venture Brothers, but just the yes. way the monarch talks makes me laugh. Just his voice, the way it sounds, makes me laugh. And it's just, or even. 
Brock Sampson's voice the way he's it's just the voices are great in that show and yeah. it's just you can't there's nothing you can do to get that across in a in a comic all the voice actors are just <clears> awesome yeah uh, I think the only thing would be um, trying to do the, some of those uh, uh, Scott's favorite uh, lawn shots if there's any sort of lawn drawn motion that yeah, you, you, that's where I translate. You can't do the running scene uh, from the trailer of 1917 because you'd have to show an entire panel like, okay, he's here now. He's here now. He's here now. He's here now. <laughs> this tree has moved from here to here to here. Yeah, <laughs> you could you could do it. It would just take a whole issue. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there was one time where Matt Wagner in Batman versus Grendel. I don't know if you guys read that. There was like a sequence where he had, uh, laid out a page where Batman and Grendel are fighting, and he did like a 20 panel page of their fight. And it was, they were all really small figures and they were almost like silhouettes, but it was, it was just awesome because you did, you saw like each blow in that fight. You saw yeah. when Batman broke his arm and it was, it was, just, it was so great. Yeah. It was yeah. really, okay. it's, that it's was like so... the one instance where I could see that translating from a movie into it's, a comic. It's, it's like kind of dovetailing off of what Dan said. And then also what Alex said about the uh, newest mission possible, that bathroom scene, uh, like what I've seen earlier about, Sell, like translating kinetic energy into uh, a story, that fight scene I think did a really good job of just showing like, okay, he, especially Henry Cavill's fight style because he's such a big dude, so they did a lot of capturing like, here's this blow, here's this blow, and then just the hard grab and smashing someone. So it is you can do that in a comic, just translating each blow into a panel and making it feel very kinetic. Um, yeah, that's, and, that's uh, hard to do. But when they do it good, it 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 you know those some of those artists not not me, but some of the guys <laughs> when they can actually draw it really well, like uh, the simple uh, motion of like flipping a coin in your hands. You know, it, it, I I've got a, a Mitch Bird did a comic. I can't remember what it was that he showed a guy that for I don't remember why, but it was a he had just a coin, and it was it was a double page spread where it was it went across and it, it, he showed each as he wow. flipped it through it in your life and you're like you you felt it that he flipped that coin yeah. in his hand and it and it worked but then you know if i would have drawn it it would look like crap <laughs> but uh but uh you know if you can do it then then bless you we're, we're gonna have to do a whole one of these uh issues on imposter syndrome and let tommy take over <laughs> <laughs> actually though it makes me wonder something i as i've been thinking through your question scott i'm uh, one thing that's striking me is it's hard to com- for me to compare movies in particular to comics because action really end with a really big kinetic final conflict of some kind but you already know what's going to happen and in comics i feel like that doesn't translate as well because you're looking at static pictures mm. and frankly it's just you know what I mean? Like if we had seen the comic book version of Avengers Endgame, I mean, they would have made an extra size issue just to detail, you know, the whole thing of them trying to get the gauntlet away from Thanos at the end. Yeah. I mean, it would have yeah. taken forever. It would have taken forever. Yeah. Um, and just the very visceral feel and the sound and the music all playing together. You don't really ah, have there you go. Fun. Music, you know, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. those the sound totally of, there. I mean, so sound I, effects are different than the than than music. You know, yeah. sound effects are the punching noises and this door slamming, but then the theme of the the songs that are playing in the background. Like, you know, what do you do? You do a little 
a little caption at the top that says, "Well, please play this song." Cut to this yeah. sound. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Raindrops in the background was yeah. just yeah, smooth just, violin playing. I think one of the big ones they always talk about is Jaws. Like they they show uh, us no, Jaws yeah. without any music. And then they show it with the music and just like how much tension. Yeah, how silly it would be without the music, right? Yeah, uh, I forget what I was watching some documentary about it or something. And they just, you know, they just show the fin in the water going like this. And it's like nothing without that music. It's just, it's that music you go, this sucks. <laughs> what is this stupid fish running around? I mean, if you think about it, would you even be interested in reading a comic book adaptation of Jaws? I mean, it would be boring. Yeah. <laughs> not because he's seen it so much, but because all of every, every um, well, not taste, but almost all your other senses are engaged in what you're seeing. And it's really yeah. the best are able to channel all those into a particularly emotional gut punch that really sticks with you. But the thing is, comics can do it too, but they can't rely on just the kinetic energy final battle because they're limited so they have to do something else and i've been trying to think through or jump scares too like what you're saying those kind yeah. of scenes that right so the yeah. best for me the, the most memorable endings to comics are usually something that involves a huge change that i didn't see coming um like if you think about every action movie you can put money on how it's gonna end right i mean the fun part is seeing how they get there but mm -hmm. you know where they're going mm -hmm. yeah. so if a comic um is is really firing on all cylinders for me it's when it takes you somewhere even in a way that's not like huge and life-shattering but you're like oh wow oh wow that's really powerful um watchman did it for me that's probably my gold standard like the end of the final issue of saga that just came out i know it the series isn't done but i can still remember vividly my reaction when i saw that final panel i was like oh and I don't do that for most movies, which are much more expensive to produce. So yeah. kudos to those guys. And that that's that was the other side of the question I was gonna to talk about. What what do comics have visually that movies don't? And the written word, even if it's just a book with no images, but comics, especially, we can linger on that page and we can with a movie, if we're in the theater, we got no option. Can't go back. And even when you're sitting at home, how often do you pause, go back and watch that scene again? Every once in a while, there's an amazing scene at home. But in the in the the, the written the, the the paper or the, the digital image that we can linger on those words or that those panels, um, nope. that that's that's unique to this to the comic uh, medium. And if anybody else has anything to say, go ahead. No, just you can't, you can like, especially like an artist that's a very detailed artist. So you can like look into the backgrounds and like, you know, really just pour into what they created. And yeah, you're right. You can't, if it's just a pan shot in a movie, there's a lot you can lose in that. But in a comic, you can, you, you, you pace how quickly you go through a scene. And we're back with Silverline Wednesday Night Wham! With your host, Scott Wakefield. Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday Night Wham! I'm your host, Scott Wakefield. For a little while, from a remote location in the hills of West Virginia, we've got our team of artists here lined up to discuss how movies influence our craft. 
the creation of comic books, how, uh, how things overlap, how we can borrow from each other, and how each can uh, be better working together. And uh, we, uh, we've got artists here. I want to, before I forget, I want to have our, our artists here uh, tell us what they are working on. Uh, we've got Alex, if you don't mind, are you, are you able to talk? Uh, yes, I'm still working on uh, Ken Mouse. Uh, this is just a page, page 19. So uh, third or fourth last page. So we're, we're nearing the end of issue three. All right. And uh, Mr. C. Michael Lanning. Uh, currently, I'm just doing some character designs for a future miniseries for Silverline. Okay. And uh, what are we seeing on the big screen? We're seeing uh, Tommy. This is from Trump's, the Trump's uh, book. Um, I'm not sure what the character is in it, but you can see they got the the uh card that, emblems on them so each of the the different the groups is it it makes the gesture yeah yeah so this is a club's characters but the, this is page uh 11 from the second half of the first book the first book's going to be like 50 pages or so 48 pages i think and so that's really the, like page uh 30 three yeah so the books yeah i've already eat 24 is the first part and then another seven or eight of the second part and uh so hopefully by we're, we're gonna if if i remember what roland said we're gonna have it out by september i believe yep. so it's getting finishing up the first book and we're getting it colored right now the colors are looking really good uh, and as you can see, the, the, the pencils look great. The, and of course, things are looking pretty spiffy. And uh, so if uh, Roland is writing it, so uh, who knows what the people are going to say? We'll have to ask Roland. And because uh, I didn't see the script. And so I don't know what they're talking about. So this girl is saying, hey, I don't want to go. And he's like, you've got to go. And she's like, oh, I don't want to go. Get in the robot, Shinji. Yeah, so I'm just making that. A bad lip reading version of the let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. No, let's not go. Maybe she, I can I can I go to the bathroom first? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. Before we go to battle, I have to go, I have to go to the bathroom. No, but I really gotta go. I've gotta go. <laughs> but anyway, that's Thank what I'm doing. <laughs> Thank you. We're all professionals here. That's yep. right. Roland listening in is going back and changing. The I script. know Roland is probably like, I'm firing Thomas after <laughs> yeah. this is over with. Well, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, or, or he's taking it. He's like, dang, I didn't think about that. I didn't know what to write on that page. I'm going to write that. <laughs> Everyone has to go to the bathroom. That's right. <laughs> it's never dealt with enough in comic books. Or no, that. I mean they got in there in those suits. How do they get out of the suits? <laughs> then, then you can have four or five pages. We're talking about how long it takes to draw a fight scene. Just think if you had to use the bathroom, how long that would take. <laughs> that would just be forever to draw that kind of stuff. That's why we don't draw it. <laughs> stuff we don't talk about. That's right. Very important. Well, that 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 translates perfectly. That, that goes right into what we we're talking about before the break. Is is what comic books can do that movies can't we could spend panel after panel on how superheroes go to the bathroom or if somebody else has other thoughts we were talking about how we can linger 
on uh, on an image or 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 a scene, and we can draw out literally draw and literally and then or and then figuratively draw out that scene or truncate it with with short choppy bits we can we can go from punch to punch or we can go from uh from everybody's facial reactions or, or so, anything like that and that's that's the beauty of of the kind i i feel like uh really the thing that is a super different between movies and uh, comics is comics as long as you're from panel to panel you're you're at least keeping it consistent with the story you you have these gutters that you there's this there's movements that are happening in between these these spaces whereas in a movie you have to show yeah. you know for the most part what's happening because then the you know it might get lost about what's happening and all the details but with a comic you know it can be like you're saying choppy and it can you know, uh, from one panel to the next, there could be, you know, something happening, but uh, it's not important enough or the reader has to see it. So it's quicker. You know, you might read a comic in 15 minutes, but that scene and movie might be take, you know, it could take an hour depending on the comic. So I'd say that's the, the big difference between comics and movies. It, it, the 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 room with which you can pace something it yeah. is, is much more uh, uh, you're much more flexible with the common book. Yeah, this is uh, an issue that's kind of specific to being a, a theater kid, but it also works in movies. But the uh, the trouble of blocking out a monologue. Um, <laughs> that there's nothing worse than having some person standing still and delivering. Well, the equivalent of three bubbles of text, but as a monologue, just standing there doing nothing. So in theater, in movies, they always have to block out some sort of movement. Uh, comics, it, it's almost a trope, I feel like, at this point. Like, wide panel, hard zoom on the face, three bubbles, and then cut to the rest of the story there. Underneath. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Just get it out. Just get it done. Moving on. It's always the tough part in comics, right? With the dialogue, it's just because you don't want a page, you're just talking heads sometimes. Yeah. That's what you're that sometimes you got to do it, right? There's no, yeah. there's no other way around. Yeah. You can try to make the expressions as interesting as possible, but it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. But you can also, you can also do the, the caption. With the caption, the yeah. Movement. You've got movement and you can be telling, it's not necessarily exactly what's happening, but you can be telling what's coming up or what's happened while we're seeing action. Yeah. You could deliver yeah. the the first person caption while the action is happening, or while something else is happening. Right. Yeah. It also, if, depending on the story you're doing, they can also give you a really cool kind of. Um, if you're writing something that you're drawing movement and inspiration from a noir movie, that can also give you that same sort of feel where you have the narration over the um, scene unfolding. Yep. Any other thoughts on on how the comic book is superior in all forms and manners to the the motion picture? It's cheaper. <laughs> Unlimited special effects. Yeah, just like the budget, you know. I yeah. mean, besides, you're just paying the person to draw the page. Yeah, and uh, you know, just picture Star Trek. You know, yeah. You got uh, the guys in the, you know, basically it's just uh, people wearing prosthetic face, you know, helmet. But you know, in the comic, you can just draw whatever you want. No. So not everybody has to be a humanoid shaped person with right. a with a plastic Halloween mask on. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, your, yeah. Your special yeah, effects yeah, budget I mean, is directly proportional is to your way, uh, yeah. your right <laughs> your artist carpal tunnel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. For the longest time, I mean, they couldn't make good superhero movies. Like there were, you had Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk, and it just never translated. <laughs> but now that you have the technology to create, you can actually recreate what was done in comics for yeah. 50 years before the technology could catch up where you could translate these epic, ridiculous characters to the screen. You know, and, 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 and don't you, when you see a comic, unless it's supposed to be kind of like a, a cheesy uh, Star, or Star Trek, you know, monster, you know, alien or whatever, but when you see a, a, an alien in a comic and you go, that's just some dude in a mask, you know, don't you go, they just kind of didn't think very much in the, the creativity in there. So, you know, you kind of like, oh, you could have come up with something a little crazier than the guy standing there with the two arms and two legs and a, and a bone on his face, you know, like in yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, we got a uh, question on the Facebook. Uh, Christina Lynn asks, what do you guys think about writing flashbacks? And I can talk about this kind of from an editor's perspective who just recently dealt with um, what, uh, a book where one of my notes was limit the flashbacks. And I'd say <laughs> uh, limit them if, if you need to include them. There's sometimes where a story will call for it or it will make for more engaging storytelling to save some exposition for a flashback later on or whatever. Uh, so limit it to only when it's really needed and not a whole lot at then. But I'd say that's an advantage comic has over uh, uh, traditional prose is we can do a visual way of indicating the flashback like a movie can, whereas prose cannot. So if we're doing a flashback uh, and I'm working with Alex, Alex might feel like, okay, I'm going to do these um, three panels or whatever kind of shaky lines because it's a shaky memory or the colorist might throw them in sepia or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing you can do uh, with comic is you can have two different scenes running at the same time. Uh, you know, in a movie, you'd have to literally have two mm-hmm. screens going at the same time. In a comic, yep. you could just, this panel, you know, is a different scene, and then boom, that's a whole, like, the colors, mm-hmm. the way, it, the ink, you know, it could be uh, more of like a painting or like an ink wash, uh, whereas the main part is, you know, like a comic. It, the the, the it's it's all about the way you you storytell and uh, how it makes it different. In the first issue of the comic I self published was told very non linearly, and I think if I could go back and do it again, I think I would just tell it linearly because I think to me I knew the story really really well, and the person I was writing with knew the story really well. But I think to someone coming in from the outside, if you just cutting back and forth a lot, I think it can be jarring and confusing. I think there's easier, there's definitely ways to do it and really do it well. I don't think I particularly did it really well on that first issue. And that's why I think I'd, I would prefer to go back and kind of re, re-block it out in a, in a linear sequence. Because I, I think it's just, it's easier to, to a reader. I think it's easier just, especially in a first issue, to just let someone enter the universe and just be part of it and not kind of confused. But I had other people read it and they said they like to read it and then go back and try and figure out everything that was going on. So I don't know, but I think if I could do it over again, I would probably just do it linearly. Well, and just think of the, also the, uh, the, the cost, if you were making a movie and you decided like you're saying, oh, that, that whole scene, you know, you're, you're done filming with all the principal photography and everything and you got to redo a scene you know how much that would cost with a comic yeah. you just redraw it 
You know, yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> I, was, you know, I was even thinking about redoing the comic, and it's just a matter of pulling out the pages, reordering them, and then probably doing exactly a couple yep. sequences to tie it all and make it all yep. make sense linear. I mean, I, I don't know how many times that uh, after you know working on a, a a book that I'd been done on for you know for a month or so, you know, uh, you know, there's some of the Spider-Man stuff that they they wanted to change something, and they just sent me a panel. You know, and they said, here, can you just ink this real quick? And we're going to throw it and we're just sticking on top of the other panel. And then boom. And then it's just a new sequence. And yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. just easy to do. Yeah. It, it, it comment about it being the flashback in the first issue. Uh, TV shows, uh, like, in, like in two or three, where they'll start with, uh, you know, they're, they're tied to the railroad tracks or the, the bomb's about to go off. And then it goes back. 24 hours earlier and that works because i it's a little easier i think because you've got the characters established you've got your yeah. story there's not so much to introduce uh, but i think all of us are saying it's a perfectly a good yeah. method when done correctly when done well yeah, yeah. And, and i feel like also with any sort of creative like you have your rules like which is uh don't draw so far out the panel if you're writing to use grammar rules but most art is subjective and any sort of advice isn't prescriptive to everything and everyone right yep we we answered that question hopefully <laughs> all right uh so another question i had here um, is it good to blur the lines between movies and comic books to borrow from each other? Or are we not, when, when we do that, are we not allowing comic books to be comic books and movies to be movies? Is, is that, what, what are your thoughts on that? What do you mean by borrow from one? So when we, so when we write a comic book, do we, do we have cinematography in mind? Is that or um, is that a good thing to to use the the screenplay the, the 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 visuals of a movie in a comic book or is it just a natural thing that we, they they fit so well together? Yeah, I think since they're both visual mediums, you know, I think it just tends to uh, one tends to lead to the other. I don't think it's necessarily good or bad. I think you know, it's like the the scene from. I think it was Batman year one with the, the pearl necklace being pulled off of uh, Martha Wayne. And, you know, that's been done like I think 18 times now in the movies, but the first time it was done, it was really cool visually because as soon as I saw it visually in the movie, I thought of the comic and it just, I think there's, there can be crossover and there can be a lot of, you know, when they're making movies, they can just use the comics for storyboards a lot of the times when they're done really well. Um, and I, I don't think it's bad for either one Personally, I think they can easily both borrow from each other and still be what they are. Uh, when, I, when you boil it down, uh, it's a necessity to, uh, to I guess, be a, you know, to be able to storytell or, or choose different angles. Because if you didn't, then a comic would probably just be the same, you know, angle the whole way through. And, and comics probably wouldn't have still been around. Um, so for us to look at movies since they came before um 
you know, and, and we see, you know, in just everyday life, you see different angles and different things. So it, it, and it really depends on the way the script's written. So, and that's something you figure out in the thumbnails is how everything kind of works together. But, and in a movie, it's necessity to change the angle and, and change the scene to build tension or to relieve tension and, and follow the audience through the movie. Uh, you really couldn't have a movie or a, or a comic just with the same panel over and over and over. I mean, you could, but it, it wouldn't serve much purpose. Yep. And um, uh, was it John Gardner said there are only two kinds of stories and everything else is in the duration of that. And I think for any art, really, everything you're going to do is pastiche of everything you've encountered beforehand. So you can't really help but regurgitate what you experienced before and then put that through your own filters. So uh, even if you're kind of thinking in terms of the movies you've seen before, it, it's still coming out in your own voice as a writer and description and then through the artist's own interpretation of that. So you're no matter what, you're going to be informed by your experience and then no matter what, it's going to be more defined by the hands creating it. That's what I got. Dan, you made a, you made a good comment about uh, comic books being storyboards for for movies and that I did a quick search uh, on and got a Wikipedia result of comic books turned into films and it is an exhaustive list even just the English language movies uh, and I, I think it's pretty incredible and it speaks to comic as such a great way to tell a story that you almost just, you just can't help but turn it into a movie because the visuals are all there and then you want the, the movie, the filmmakers want to, to add those elements, the, the, the sound, the soundtrack, and fill in the spaces between uh, the panels that the, the comic books don't have. I, I, I think it's, uh, it's just, it, it, they fit so well together. No thoughts on that? Yes, I agree. <laughs> yes. All right. So um, we are getting toward the toward the end, and I wanted to. I think we can kind of have a little fun with this. And and um, what movies have been, um, or what comic books have been turned into good movies, and what comic books have been turned into bad movies or vice versa and when i say movies turned into comic books my initial thought is that it's really just taking the movie and putting it in another medium uh, but that's not necessarily true because the comic books have have taken the story world even just like star trek and star wars novels or comic books they've taken the story world and they've they've then expanded to their own uh stories so what has been done well or what has been done poorly? Well, a lot of bad uh, comic books turn into movies. <laughs> it's more of that than the other. <laughs> DC. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> who, who mentioned Justice League? Uh, that was me. Yeah, that was, that was, that was bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe does it great. I mean, I know it's not based exactly of translated, you know, like Road to Perdition 
takes a comic and directly translates it into a movie. And I think it does a great job of it. That's one I think is awesome. But as far as just like taking the core ideas and like translating it into movies, I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done just about as good a job, I think, as you can do yeah. creating like the feel of what I loved about comics in the 80s. The, the shared universe, you know, that everything's happening in the same place. And even though like one movie doesn't directly lead into another, at one point it did, you always felt like everything was happening in the same space. And I think they did a great job with that over, what was it, 10 years, 11 years, whatever it's been at now, I think. It's even through the different uh, studios, you know, they're, uh, you know, like uh, not every, uh, every studio is not making all the Marvel movies, but they still all kind of feel like they're together, though, don't they? Yeah. yeah yeah and i mean you can look and then you go and look at the dc stuff which it's, i mean i haven't seen all of it but i'm not i also i'm not that interested in seeing all of it i saw the shazam movie i like that that was awesome wonder woman was good i don't think it was as remarkable as it was hmm. touted to be i liked it a lot but i didn't think it was like the greatest superhero movie i'd ever seen like people were saying about it yeah but i mean besides that i i didn't I saw Superman versus Batman? I didn't like it. There's, <laughs> it, it just feels like they're they they were like they saw what Marvel was doing and they just like rushed to like try and catch up to like where they were instead of just like kind of pacing themselves and gradually getting to like just following the same formula they did. Where, you know, Marvel spent four or five years getting to that first Avengers movie, and then another five years to fighting Thanos. After that, it was it was well paced out and just really there was a map and it was Kevin Feige just. He had a plan, and it was it was a pretty good plan. I don't think I've ever been as excited for something in my adult life as I as I was for Endgame because of the build up. Yeah, but, yeah. No, amazing. <laughs> uh, we actually. Like, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say we have a, I have a thing in the chat, so I'll let you say your point if you have one, and then we'll pop over to that. No, it, it was just basically like Star Wars was my thing growing up, and then I've just been so disappointed by it that the Marvel universe kind of filled. That vacuum for me. Yes. When came along, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Christina says, uh, I think TV shows based on comics are better than movies, partly because they're usually animated. And I will say that DC's animated content has been pretty spectacular, actually. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. I would, I would say it's better than their live action stuff. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of that. Usually, the animated is always going to be better because it's like the same thing with the budget. You know, yeah. you have unlimited budget; you can do whatever you want. There's really nothing that says you can't do, you know, beyond just like yeah uh, the rating of the movie. If you want to be PG-13 or whatnot, you you have unlimited, untapped potential. There is no so, way they could do Ninja Batman as a live action movie, yeah. but their animated department yeah. gave that to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> DC's into because I think their TV show is probably across the border generally much better than their movies are. Yeah. And Marvel, I think it's the other way around, like, except for like the Netflix stuff. But like when they were doing like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, that was yeah. like really hit and miss and not that yeah. good compared to like what they were doing with the movies. So it's weird that they kind of have different strengths in what like they can produce on screen. I agree. And uh, did we. Uh, say this the, the into the spider verse is, is fantastic yeah yeah fantastic adaptation it's animated it's it's a it's a comic book movie it's got the sound effects it's got the the even the artistic style of the art is is amazing i've watched that half a dozen times in my with my kids and just 
absolutely love that movie because it's it's a comic book, you know. It, and, and, and that's the thing. It, it, I I think that's out of all the different Spider-Man movies, I think that's my favorite just because yep. they did everything that they they could to do it. There's not really like a a thing where they that it wasn't Spider-Man at all. It was no. everything was yeah. you know to a T. Well, that's what I love about Ant Man as well. Is it was a very comic booky movie. Yeah. It was a little cheesy. You know, well, I think that's probably a, what made it good. Is because yeah. it was kind of oh, cheesy. Yeah. yeah, he gets hit by a toy train. You know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's like <laughs> a briefcase and the and the cell phones playing the music. And I loved it. I loved Ant Man because it. And I to speak to Marvel movies versus DC movies, they've been a they've been a very comic booky. Without without t- being too hokey, but they've been a comic booky f- feeling. They, they do a great job with like the comedic dialogue, yes. like with just lightening the mood at certain. Yep. Sometimes yep. you do it too much, and you're it's like, I thought like in Thor Ragnarok, there was like jarring, going from like Hela sure. on Asgard, and then like the buddy movie Thor Hulk stuff going on on Sakaar. It was. I love the movie, but I thought like the the different the differences in tone between those two things going on simultaneously was sometimes jarring. But they yeah. do they definitely do that whole the comedic banter is great in those movies. That's I like uh, going back to Ant-Man, uh Lewis, the uh, character to come out and just explain the last <laughs> five minutes to. <laughs> the, they established that this is the funny character, uh, so you know, so there's there's not really any jarring with it, and then he comes on like here is just sheer hilarity and then we cut back to what you're expecting to be more of the heist movie yeah uh it looks like tommy's screen might have died yeah with um with uh back to the spider-verse stuff i loved all the visual nods to the the artists that like like the kingpin was a sinkevich kingpin Mm -hmm. it was awesome to see that i got just like all those little nods and like homages to those people were, were, were great. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it was pretty pretty perfect. It was pretty remarkable. The other movie I had on my list was Scott Pilgrim. And I, I honestly never read the comic book. So but I, I I want to, but the movie is a another comic book movie with with explosions and and, and the sound effects and the the freeze frames. Uh, I, I thought yeah. they did that very well. I, I also enjoyed it as a bassist. Um, I thought, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> right. I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting. It's just I like I like when they when they make the comic book movie try to even like the first Ang Lee Hulk movie kind of did that yeah. where they had like multiple panels going on on screen where yeah. they kind of try to make it. It's like that had cool i think some cool visual things going on in it despite not being the best whole movie but uh, <laughs> yeah i, I just think i thought it was pretty cool <laughs> it i think it was interesting that they wanted to, to go that route i think their execution was just was very poor on how they it, it kind of just looked like a uh a powerpoint you know presentation <laughs> the, the way everything was transitioning and everything but uh it uh, it still got made. Yeah, <laughs> so. and it it was enjoyed by uh, its own group of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody mentioned the the crow 
movie. That was pretty yeah. good, except for the 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 death. That yeah. was let's skip that part. But uh, <laughs> that that was a pretty good. Uh, it, for what I remember, it was. Uh, it, it 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 looked good. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember loving it the yeah. first time I saw it, and just it being a pretty faithful adaptation, and just in tone and visually to yeah. what the comics like. Yeah. The remake has kind of been uh, limbo hell right now for the movie. Basically. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's one of those ones that really doesn't need to be remade. Right. No. It, yeah. It, you can do a different crow, and still have a cool movie. I, they're trying to do Aaron Draven again. I just don't think it. I don't think we need it. You know, it's kind of like with certain movies that you don't really remake. Yeah. Like Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Green Lantern. We need we need a new Green Lantern. Really. Yes. And uh, 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 <laughs> we talked about it earlier, but on the subject of Green Lantern, uh, Alex corrected me earlier. And there's movies that beg to be remade. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, the Crow's the first comic book movie, and then the first like cape or like Spanish comic book movie was Shaq's Steel, uh, and that. <laughs> That that did some redemption, in my opinion. Still, still was before Blade. Mm-hmm. My one year, yeah. It came out what one about year. What about the early. first Spawn movie? I remember when the when oh, Spawn God. came out. The <laughs> oh, oh God! Yeah. There you go. That's a really bad comic book movie. Yeah. No, we're not talking about that comic book. That's right. That's right. Oh, oh, we're talking good, good and bad. Good and yeah. bad. Good and bad. I just remember being so happy to see an image comic book. <laughs> into a movie is like uh, go see it yeah, it's uh, it's all right <laughs> back when you're 16 or whatever 18 right. or whatever i was zero me. years old <laughs> oh, oh, oh. that's right you're just a little baby <laughs> the the youngest pencilist in comics today that's right <laughs> is thomas hedgley <laughs> that's true yeah Does anybody else have thoughts on on good movies that come from comics or, or bad movies before we we wrap up? Uh, I will say um, we kind of touched on story, but I think good um, movies turning into the comics, um, kind of like how uh, Dan and Roll saying is what uh, he thinks Marvel really did well is that they didn't straight up copy the comics into movies; they they adapted it and expanded it, and I think that's um, what Star Wars did and what gave Star Wars a lot of longevity was creating their expanded universe. And yep. that's what I fell in love with after I watched the original trilogy was <laughs> I, I uh, watched the prequels and then forgot about them and ignored most of the new movies. Um, but Star Wars for me now is the legends books and the comics and so much so that I got tattoos for them. Uh, but uh, the, the uh, for me it was the Marvel did and the dark Horse, dark Horse took over the comics for a while. And those were, um, I think some of the the best Star Wars content that I've read. In you a know, uh, Jan Derisma, uh, she did a bunch of Star Wars comics uh, for Dark Horse. She was uh, one of my teachers at the Hubert School. That's so nice. Wow, she, that's uh, yeah, she she has a bunch of that stuff still, and uh, she she's very fond of having the ability to do that and create characters that actually ended up being in the movies. So yeah, I think she was. I think she drew. 
X-Men 2099 when I was an assistant editor at Marvel, I think. Wow. I'm thinking of a 2099 book. Yeah, she's next. Yeah, she is. She's great. <laughs> so we can all agree that we wouldn't have good movies without comic books. Right. And comic books make good movies and their worlds even better. So comics yes. are superior and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's so weird to think about, what would the last 10 years of pop culture look like without comics? Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And no, no Marvel versus DC. No. Uh, <laughs> what would all the know. kids buy no a hot topic? Yeah, no Deadpool, <laughs> no Harley Quinn. Yeah. Oh yeah, no underage Harley Quinns running around the uh, oh. comic uh, the, the Comic Cons, not realizing that they're wearing uh, outfits for uh, that they shouldn't be because of the because no they don't jokers. even know what the character is. Yeah, yeah, no, no jokers, no, no yeah. dancing Deadpool's. You yeah. know, at the at the shows. In... It would, uh, it would much... definitely be different. It surprises me how much people misunderstand the the relationship between Harley Quinn and Joker. I know, oh, I know, and you see, and then yeah. you see the little the little kids, the little the little tiny. You know, I'm mean, like the you know five year olds dressed yeah. up as Harley Quinn, and you like, Mom, yeah. do you know what you just dressed your kid up as? Why yeah. did you do that? Do you, not, yeah. do you not even know? All right, cute. <laughs> I that's what I did like about the uh, the new Birds of Prey movies that they did not shy away from the fact that it was yeah. not like a good relationship. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's 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 the uh, the constant review here back from is even if people had mixed feelings about it they're like but they made Harley Quinn <laughs> her own person. Uh, her own yeah. person that kind of ran, ran redeemed that sort of misconception about her. Plus Suicide Squad just, you know. Oh that, boy. It's just that's another bad one. <laughs> <laughs> what about Aquaman? What did y'all think about the Aquaman? Movie. Uh, I'd say it's like 50. It has moments. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. I loved the underwater parts. Uh, yeah. I thought that was like, it kind of reminded me of the experience of watching Avatar for the first time in the theaters. Just, it was that level of, I think, like the world building and kind of the CGI they used uh, to affect, I think. Like that's, that's something really hard to pull off in comics uh, because it would take underwater. Yeah, because you just got to float. Are you <laughs> yeah. floating or are you underwater? I don't know. Yeah. Well, not even that, but just Atlantis and like all the all the buildings and yeah. everything and the the ships they were using underwater. Like all that stuff takes forever to draw, but it only takes them to model at one time and then they yep. can duplicate them. <laughs> Well, what do you guys think? We want to wrap up. We want to end with our where do you find us on our on our socials and how do you support us? I think we all go. I think it's a good time as either. All right, I have had a great time with all of you. Thank you. And uh, how about I go first so I'm not the last on the list? Sure. Uh, with my socials, I'm Scott Wakefield, and uh, I'm creating Steam Patriots. It's just at. Facebook and Instagram and uh, would love if you liked and followed and commented on and shared and all. And uh, how about 
Tim, you want to go next? Sure. Uh, I am Tim TK. I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tim TK Writer. I am on Liker at Tim TK. I'm kind of flying off Facebook a little bit because the, the, no one's on it as much. Uh, I'm on TikTok at Tim Doesn't TikTok, and I'm here on Twitch. Uh, Agro Bacon is your name. I'll be live tonight with either Inquisitor Martyr or Star Wars: The Old Republic. Tommy. Uh, Thomas Floramonte, F-L-O-R-I-M-O-N-T-E. I'm just, uh, look for Floramonte and you'll be able to find me pretty much, uh, anywhere. My personal website is, uh, Inferno Studios, where I do all my, uh, my own comic creation stuff. And, uh, just, uh, look for Floramonte. You'll be able to find me. C. Michael Lanning. Uh, C. Michael Lanning. Just look for me on Facebook. That's the best place to catch me. Uh, I have a Twitter, but I think I have five followers. So <laughs> Facebook is probably the best best place to be. So. Dedicated followers. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Come on, how many people are in Samurai again? <laughs> but, but yeah, Facebook's probably the best place to catch me right now. All right. Dan, what do you got? Uh, if you want to look up the comic I was talking about that I self-published a couple years back, it's uh, What Is File 13, and that's on Twitter and Facebook. And you can find I'm on Facebook, too. Dan Daniel Posek, I think I am there. So, uh, yeah, if you want to look for me, that's where you can find me. All right. Thank you, sir. And Alex? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, or uh twitter most likely if you just type in alex gallimore uh the last name is g-a-l-l-i-m-o-r-e i don't think there's another artist under the name so if you type that in on any of those you'll you should find me pretty easily excellent well interweb world thank you for watching thank you for joining thank you for commenting and questioning we've got our kickstarter campaigns coming up we would love uh, for you to follow, share, support us, support indie comics, and we appreciate everything you do to support Silverline and all the indie comics world. Thank you all, and good night. Thank you for listening to the Silverline podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.